Welcome to 50% with Marcel Combs. On this podcast, we will travel a journey of leadership with each guest as she analyzes the ingredients that lead women to their current role. Marcel's goal is for you to walk away with tools to support your very own journey, no matter where your current destination is today. Hi, Diantha. How are you today? Hi, I'm good. How are you, Marcel? I am fabulous. You know, (laughs) I, I used to work with a medical supply guy. Mm. When you would ask him how he was in the morning, he would say, if I was any better, there'd have to be two of me. Oh my gosh, we so, hope not. <laughs> I think I know that guy. <laughs> I think you do. I think that, and I really, I wouldn't subject that to anyone. I think that's what I told him then about myself. <laughs> so today we're gonna talk about Debbie Rhodes, and she is a lovely, gal that is the vice president or senior vice president of Guaranteed Bank here in Texas, a branch that's real near our office in Denton. She has a remarkable background. Yes, yes. I enjoyed listening to her. I mean, banking, I know zero. I know, (laughs) but it was so interesting. I think what's interesting too, and I I will say the only thing I know about banking is Usually when I really need money, they don't want to give it to me. And anytime <laughs> yeah. I don't need it, they're, That's you're they're like out yeah. there saying, don't yeah. you want a loan? Well, exactly. no, because I have money today. But uh, Debbie has been a, a great gal, and she, her background uh, started as just an assistant to the president of a bank, mm-hmm. not this mm-hmm. current bank, but her previous bank where she worked for many, many years. Yeah, yeah. You know what I loved about her story, Marcel, was even before she was the assistant, she started out as a teller. Ah. And and uh, and the reason she chose that, because I think you asked her that was really a good question, was because she had small children mm-hmm. and banking had good hours. Oh, and so yeah. she, she obviously didn't see what God had planned on down the line. It took me a little while and I actually didn't realize this when I lo- first looked at her resume or I've worked with her in a professional manner for a Mm -hmm. number of years that she really doesn't have a lot of formal education as far as just going to college and finishing Mm -hmm. a degree Mm -hmm. but she uh, took it upon herself Mm -hmm. because of having small children and making a choice Uh, she took it upon herself to do more continuing ed kind of classes and Uh um, certifications that way yes she she just it became her passion is what you you feel when you are listening because she um, worked at it all the time to just Uh prove herself to constantly learn and never went to schooling for anything in this industry which I would think looking at anybody's resume now they'd have to have some kind of educational, just to get a foot in the door. But by her own tenacity and just integrity of doing a great job. And all those women we have worked with over the years, it feels like to me, Debbie's a great example Mm -hmm. of someone making particular choices at a particular Mm -hmm. time in her life some because she needed to yeah, exactly and mm-hmm. others because she wanted to mm-hmm. 
But don't you think, I mean, that that seems like it to me when I really analyzed what she had to say. Yeah, you know, I got that too, Marcel. I'm glad you bring that up because uh, you asked her about the balance uh-huh. uh, with doing that. And uh, you and I both know there's times when uh, work takes a precedence and has to, and then when really family should come first. And that was one of the things that she highly recommended for any woman in the workplace was that family should be first. Uh, and, and I love that that was her priority as hard as she had to make those choices throughout. Um, but that balance, um, mm-hmm. that, that's something we all try to work on. <laughs> yeah, I always say yeah. uh, life has to be, instead of worrying so much about balance, and you kind of said this, is it's more of averages that sometimes uh, work wins mm-hmm, and sometimes mm-hmm. home wins. Exactly. And you have to take a look at whichever one's the best there. It's, it's quite interesting, too, and with almost all of the people who are successful, she had a really strong mentor mm-hmm, who was mm-hmm. the president of the bank who believed in her, um, and helped her focus, I guess. But she was also mm-hmm. very self-motivated, yes. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, one tragic thing that she's had in the last few years, because we always think when our kids are grown that mm-hmm. we've, we've kind of done that job. <laughs> yeah. and, and I will say, you know, we, especially as women, have a big responsibility there or feel a big responsibility. Absolutely. But she had a tragedy with one of her sons oh, and yes. has now mm-hmm. taken on that caretaker role, mm-hmm. um, which has caused her to have to balance in a mm-hmm. different way mm-hmm. or come up with a different type of average mm-hmm. uh, with her focus on him and being such yeah. a full-time caretaker. I, you know, what a heartbreaking him. story. You know, you, it just, um, you know, this is an older child, and you just, like you said, Marcel, you think once you've got them to young adulthood, you don't have to worry so much when they were little. But uh, this was, it sounds like, probably in the last four to five years of her career. And uh, you ask her about this time we're in now, and <laughs> she went to the positives of being in COVID and working at home. And uh, just because she's been more at home, uh, how her son has benefited uh, by her being able to balance in that way. Mm-hmm. Uh, so uh, I just, her resilience is just, it just keeps resilience. shining through. You yeah. Know? I think we should we should allow our listeners to uh, take this time to focus on what she has to say there too. But one thing that struck me hard was she said, "Work as hard as you can and do it ethically." Wouldn't that be a yes. nice lesson <laughs> for us now? Absolutely. Um, you know, the Lord says that uh, work as though we're working for Him, and. I think you've got to give it your best You're very every best. day. And as women, I think we're more uh, under the focus for that, uh, you know, to prove us in the workplace. In this episode, she is joined by Debbie Rhodes. Debbie has over 26 years banking experience with the last 12 years focused on professional and executive banking. Debbie has lived in the Denton area for the past 37 years. Currently, she is the Senior Vice President, Professional and Executive Lending Specialist in Medical Lending at Guarantee Bank and Trust. 
Debbie is very passionate about her clients and delivering exceptional customer service. She's a full-time caregiver to her adult son, who was total care due to brain injury. Good morning, Debbie. I'm so glad to have you with us today, and we just appreciate your time because I know you're busy at home and at work, and you you have quite the career. I'm so impressed in banking, and so I would love to just start yes. with you just telling us a little bit about your background and your journey to get into the position to be in charge of a very successful branch of a bank, how you walk through that from education on up. Yes, absolutely. Good morning. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to do this with you guys. So funny thing is in banking, there are very few females in, uh, in the positions that I'm in. So that was definitely something that was on my list. Once I got into banking, this is exactly where I knew I wanted to be because there are so few females. So that was a goal for me, a challenge for me. And as you know me, I, I'm always up for a challenge <laughs> and I love a challenge. So. <laughs> so I love a challenge. So the funny thing is that the way I got into banking, mainly banking was really important to me. And this sounds kind of crazy. The schedule of banking worked really well for someone with a family. At the time I went into banking, I thought, this is great. You know, this will work with my family and my schedule. I had four little kids at that time, two stepkids and two little boys. One was 18 months old and one was eight weeks old. Wow. I thought, you know what, this will work perfect (laughs) for me and my family. Wow. (laughs) I didn't get to finish my education, so I started at the bottom of banking as a teller. Okay. Loved it. Loved being a teller. Loved learning about the bank. Went to a commercial teller, which is a a lot of work and handling a lot of cash, but every position I moved in, I wanted to get bigger. I wanted to do the next thing. After that, I moved more into kind of the loan side of tellering and taking loan payments and everything, which intrigued me at that time to learn more and more and more about loans. Mm -hmm. That's definitely where my passion was because there was so much to learn about Mm -hmm. loans. Not one loan is the same. There's a million different types of loans, million different types of people that need loans. So that was very, very intriguing for me. So spent about maybe six months doing that. And I was working for a bank at that time called Citizens National Bank, which was a long time ago. (laughs) It was 30 years ago. (laughs) Worked for them for almost a year. And the crazy thing is, is that bank was declared insolvent, which was quite an experience. (laughs) Oh my gosh, I was very new into banking. And one day the FDIC walks in and there's about... My, probably 20 people from the FDIC that walked in our bank, locked our doors, shut the doors and told us all, you're going to be here for a really long time. Wow. So if any of you have children that you need to pick up or you have schedules, you better arrange that because nobody's leaving here for a very long time. And that wow. was very true. Nobody left there for a very long time. It was quite an interesting experience. They came in, they did inventory of every single thing in the bank, down to your pens, down to your Tylenol and your medicine cabinet. Wow. It was uh, quite an experience for us. We left about two o'clock in the morning that day or that night. 
And uh, as we walked out the door, they went through our purses. They went through all of our belongings to make sure you had nothing that belonged to the FDIC at that time. A bank had already bought us at that time, and that bank was called Texas Bank. We came in that morning, and there was probably about 20 um, executives from Texas Bank that were there to greet us that morning when we came in. And it was incredibly, incredibly interesting uh, to go through, but it's an experience I'm glad I went through because now I understand what that process is like and how painful that process can Mm. be. So at that time, I worked for Texas Bank, was doing the same thing for a short time, and then they brought in a new president to run Texas Bank, which uh, I'm sure you're aware of. His name was Tony Clark. And uh, yep, he came into the bank at that time. I was still doing loan teller work. And uh, it was probably, he was there maybe a month or two, possibly, and we developed a great relationship. And he came to me and said, I want you to be my executive assistant. And I was like, yeah, no, I don't think I want to do that. I think I'm going to pass on that. (laughs) He said, well, think about it. So I thought about it the next day. He asked me and I said, I really don't think I'm interested in in that position. He didn't let go. He came back. He said, look, here's the deal. You are going to do this position. You need to do this position. You're the most qualified, you know, you're a people person. I need you to be in this position. I was like, oh my gosh. Okay. I'll try this. Oh gosh. I was a nervous wreck about that. So I didn't feel like I had enough experience to work for the president of the bank. And Debbie, do you, um, do you mind me asking what year that was? Yep. That was 1990. Um, my youngest son, like I say, was not, not even a year old at that time. So I thought, oh gosh, how am I going to juggle this plus these uh-huh. kids? But he was adamant that I do that. And I'm very grateful that he was adamant that I did that because that's actually what led me into my career path mm-hmm. now is I learned so much about loans. I learned so much about customer service because he probably was one of the best business development people that I had Uh known. Um, I did that for quite some time. We were actually, I was at Texas bank for 10 years being uh, Tony's executive assistant. Then we left in 1999 and started Uh North star bank. It was actually Lake city's bank at that time. Um, what they decided to do the board of directors for that bank said, you know, we either have to grow this bank or we need to sell. Well, everyone decided they want to grow the bank. So there were 10 of us that left Texas Bank in February of 1999, went to this bank, changed the name of the bank, brought in a whole new group of shareholders, raised a ton of capital uh, in order to make this Uh bank grow. We then obviously changed the name to North Star Bank. And um, at that time, I was still Tony Clark's executive assistant for a few years. And he once again came to me and said, you need to do something else. (laughs) I was like, what do you mean I need to do something else? What are you talking about? And he said, it's time for you to move on. I can't, I cannot hold you in this position. You've got the experience. I need you to move on. And I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. What do you want me to do now? And he said, well, I've wanted to start up a medical lending group and I have yet to find the right person to do that. I think you can do this. And I said, I don't know a thing about doing medical lending. I know nothing about (laughs) medical and I know nothing about medical lending. And you want me to start a medical lending group? And he said, yes, I do. I said, 
okay, then I guess that's what I'm going to do. How soon do you want me to do this? And he said, right Mm -hmm. away. I said, oh my goodness, you've got to be kidding me. I said, well, how am I supposed to learn all this? I have no clue what to do. And he said, you'll figure it out. (laughs) So I said, oh, wonderful. Okay, then I'm going to figure this out, (laughs) which is what I did. I decided, okay, I'm going to learn everything I can. I'm going to call in any resources. I'm going to learn how to do business development to the next level. I mean, I've always been interested in business development, but I was doing business development more for him in the bank versus what I was doing per se. So I thought, okay, well, I guess this is what I'm going to do. So I moved into that position as a medical lending officer started that department and then really just started beating the street. I knocked on every door, (laughs) every physician's office, every door that would have me. We did many, many, many lunches. We did many breakfasts just to get in the door Mm -hmm. with physicians, which is not easy. You know that that is not an easy task. So we worked and worked and worked tirelessly every single day. Uh, It took probably at least a year before I got my first real bite from a physician. At that time, once they started Mm. coming, then they started coming. (laughs) You know, the thing about dealing with physicians and medical is they're very Uh loyal. If they like and trust you, they will refer you to any of their coworkers, Uh their friends, anything, which is wonderful that they'll do that. So that started, my department started booming. We at one time probably had 300 plus physicians that we were banking at least, Um, you know, which was huge, especially when I knew nothing about medical (laughs) lending, but I went to... (laughs) Every seminar, every banking school, everything that I could to learn about medical lending. I went to a medical lending conference every single year just to learn everything I could possibly learn about the medical community, Um, you know, what they deal with, what they have to, you know, what they have to look forward to, the electronic medical records. I wanted to know everything I could about all of that when all that became mandated that they had to switch to. I wanted to know that too. So anything that I could learn, I went to and I joined just to find out more information. So did that actually until 2015 with North Star Bank, grew that department. North Star Bank obviously had sold uh, one year prior to that in 2014 to Carlisle Group. And um We started having a lot of employees leave at that time. So the opportunity came up for me with Guarantee Bank, which was an extremely hard decision for me to make to Uh make that move because Tony and I had worked together 25 years and that's a long time. That's a long time. Kids grew up together, you Uh know, we were friends and, you know, so, but it just seemed like the time to do it. And I prayed about it, prayed about it, prayed about it. I was like, oh my gosh, why am I even considering this? The one thing I really, in the back of my mind, I kept praying for direction, but the one thing that really was in the back of my mind, I wanted to know that I could be successful without, mm-hmm. but I needed to prove that to me and to others, you know, that 
I didn't, I didn't need him right by my side to be a successful woman in, you know, this industry because banking is primarily male driven as we talked about. Very, very few females are in banking at this level and do what I do. Basically it's primarily men. Many years I've sat before the board, the only female. So thing for me, I thought the timing was perfect and I don't have interest Uh in being a banker in a very large banking industry like that. Um, Uh You don't, you just don't get to serve your customers the way you do in a community bank. Right. Right. And that certainly shows. Important to me to be able to. Right. By the way you reach out to others. And when you, when you had that move to the current bank that you're with, with guarantee, was it bigger promotion for you? Because you took over as the vice president, correct? Uh, at this bank. Mm-hmm. As senior vice president, that is correct. Yes. The funny thing is when I started interviewing with this bank, they asked me, you know, what does your loan portfolio look like? What does your deposit portfolio look like? When I told them they're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. And I was like, well, that's just kind of what I do and manage. And, and they were so fantastic. They're like, look, we're not asking you to try to bring every bit of your portfolio over to our bank. Let's just see what you can do going forward. That kind of takes your pressure off, you know, let's just see what we can do going forward. And uh, luckily I've been there five years this August and my portfolio today is bigger than what it was the day I left North Star after being there 17 years. So very, very proud of that. It's gone incredibly well at this bank. They're a phenomenal community bank. Uh It's a 105 year old company. They have been the same name. They haven't sold multiple times. A 105 year old bank is very rare, Mm. very rare. That has not Mm. sold and changed names 15 times. Especially it seems like it started in the eighties and nineties and has continued. Something you said early on was you weren't able to finish your education. I know went to many, many seminars, you know, listened to everything you could listen to. I'm sure read lots and lots, but are, are you saying to me that you didn't start with a degree in finance? That is correct. I learned from the bottom up and I did not because I wasn't able to finish that. I actually was out of my home at 17 years old. So it was basically hit the streets and go to work and, you know, take what courses you can. I did that, but, um, you know, wasn't really able to finish that. I actually got pregnant with my son at 20 years old. Mm -hmm. So I was very, very young into that. So no, I was not able to do that. So it was basically just working from the bottom up, which, you know, it's, it's a lot of hard work. Oh, you know, because you have something to prove. I wasn't able to do that. I needed to prove that I could do that no matter if I had that degree or not. So it, um, you know, you have to work a lot harder, a lot smarter. There were many, many days that I was just I mean, dripping wet out, making calls. And there were some of the men in the bank that said, I would never work as hard as what Uh you're doing. Uh I might (laughs) can testify to that. Well, (laughs) (laughs) I said, well, um, that's you and this is me because this is who I am. I'm going to work as hard as I can to prove 
that I can do as good as any of you guys. Wow. So it, yeah, I mean, it was basically working from and the bottom. So up. I know you said you stayed 17 years at one place, um, which it mm-hmm. doesn't appear that they held you back uh, for any educational no. um, background. And that wasn't the case then when you moved no. to Guarantee either. That is correct. You know, like I say, Tony just kind of turned me loose and said, this is what you're going to do. Let's Let's see what you got. So it was really quite the opposite. They, you know, both places have been very supportive and pushed me and said, hey, let's see what you got. It was never a factor because I always worked so incredibly hard to prove my worth and to prove that I could do just as much as any of those guys and more that actually had their finance degree. So it's, you know, it's a lot, a lot more time you spend learning and researching and going to seminars and going to banking schools. But all of that was such great knowledge for me since I didn't have a finance degree. It was a lot of work, but it was worth every bit of it. I learned something every step of the way. Very, very fulfilling. So in all honesty, when I came to Guarantee Bank, they really did not know how to take (laughs) me. They did not have, (laughs) they really didn't. They did not have any female lenders other than just some, you know, smaller consumer type lenders, but they didn't have female lenders in my capacity and handle the client base that I handle. And so I think at first they were just like, oh my gosh, who is this woman? (laughs) This is the craziest thing. Well, I I I can testify to that since you don't keep as much as you, um, say you were attracted to the hours because of your family. Um, I have uh, yes. personally texted you night and day and on the weekend, yes. and you always answer me. So. Yes, absolutely. That is so very true. And once I committed myself to become a lender for the bank, then I was going to do that 150%. And, um, you know, dealing on the medical side, as you well know as well, dealing with physicians, they typically don't have time between eight and five during the day to reach right. out. It's after hours or on the weekend. I've taken calls at 1030 at night. I've taken calls on Saturdays, Sundays, text messages, whatever it took and whatever it takes. That's definitely what I do. Never, ever mind you know, taking a call on the weekend, answering a text message at 10 o'clock or at night. I do that when I'm on vacation. And I know you completely understand that. But that's, that's really just who I am. Uh You know, I want to deliver that exceptional customer Uh service every single time. And it doesn't bother me to do it. That's the thing. It really doesn't bother me at all. I enjoy it. And when you look in your profession, in which I have to say, I have in the past (laughs) interviewed some other women in key positions in banks, and they have very hefty pedigrees and have struggled Mm -hmm. a great deal. Now, they're both in very large Thing, but I have uh-huh. been surprised. I mean, if you think of yourself as mm-hmm. just that female professional in a mostly male world, what do you think was your hardest challenge getting over? Probably for me, I think um, that a lot of the male lenders think that females use their looks oh. and their other abilities to get in the door with people. 
especially with working with men and doctors, the hardest thing probably was for me to prove that was not who I was. That is not how I was going to get my business. That business was not worth any of that to me. So I think proving yourself that you could be in front of that client and be at the same level as one of the guys can be and take care of very, you know, very fluent customers as they could without having to, you know, utilize your looks or utilize any of that. That probably is one of the biggest challenge that the males in banking perceive the females that way until you prove yourself differently. Mm-hmm. You know, I've been in situations where, you know, some things like that come up and a male customer thinks, you know, that you as a female, there's more that's going to come with that relationship. And I nip that in the bud and I do not have that customer. <laughs> I do not have that yeah. customer. That business is not worth not it to me. Want. It is not worth that's it. Right. No, no. And that's just not, that's not who I am. And, and, you know, I think some of that has gone on in banking yeah. and that's what makes it a little bit harder for females to prove that they're very professional and the relationship will remain very professional. Now I'm not saying I won't have a friendship level with some of my clients and, you know, a hug or whatever, which is who I Uh am. But um, I think that makes it real hard for females. A lot of the males think they use those other abilities to get Uh in the door with clients. And until you prove yourself differently, that uh, that is definitely something I think is hard for females in banking for sure, for sure. Just prove that you have the knowledge and the ability to do the same job as a male does. What advice would you give, let's say to the new graduate, what advice, what, right. what are the things when you look back, you think, oh gosh, I could have done this better. And mm-hmm. I, there's none of us that can't look <laughs> back on our career and say, oh, if sure. I had only done this, um, uh-huh. what would that be? Yeah. And I would say whether this be for a female, whether this be for a male, anyone that has the desire um, to go into banking and banking is going to be a career for them. Um, they definitely need to to start and go through all aspects of the bank, all areas of the bank. Credit training would be fabulous for anyone to go through. When I started, they didn't, that was not something that was offered. We basically did our own own credit packages, but now it's a more sophisticated credit program. Mm -hmm. Every single person that comes into the bank that, that strives to be a lender on the loan side of the bank needs to spend six months to a year in a credit training program. So they understand Mm -hmm. every aspect of the finances of tax returns of everything. Um, That would be really, really important. I say when I started in banking, that was not something that was offered, but it's incredibly important to have that knowledge of doing that. Mm -hmm. So credit program, probably number one, um, full knowledge of the whole banking as a whole. A lot of times people go into lending and that's all they know and they don't understand the operational side of the bank, which is as important to the bank and revenue stream is as important to the bank uh, to learn the operational side and deposit accounts and, and 
the new accounts and everything. It's, it's very important to have the overall knowledge of the entire bank. It's so much easier mm-hmm. for me as a salesperson to go out if I'm making a loan call, but I also understand the operational side. So I can talk about all the new accounts. I understand mm-hmm. the operational piece of the bank as well as I do the lending side. Mm-hmm. That's very beneficial for anyone to learn. Yeah. That's great advice. Very beneficial. What? Yeah. Um, I know you, um, you have a great team over there and I know yes. multi, if not all, most of them uh, followed you. Tell me, tell me how you handle a team and how you motivate a team. That's what was super exciting for us when we uh, made the move from North Star to Guarantee. There was actually three of us at that time, and now the team has grown, and we've all worked together for many, many years. All of my team members that I have now, minus one, we're all ex North Star Bank employees. Mm-hmm. So our entire Denton team, both locations, have you know worked at North Star mm-hmm. Bank. I am an upbeat person. I try to always be happy and positive all the time. Uh, and my team actually strives for that. When I'm not there, I can tell a difference with what goes on and how they're there. Motivating my team for sure. I get extremely excited about business development, about new customers. I'll always bring in my my whole team. When we're bringing in a new customer, I bring in my whole team. I want them to be as excited as I am about that. Mm-hmm. For instance, we brought in a new customer at the beginning of the year, and we've been opening. We're probably at account number 75 for this group uh, with many more to go but I include my entire staff on that. Mm -hmm. I introduce down to the tellers, my personal bankers, my assistant, my operations manager, everyone gets involved with that. Mm -hmm. They get as excited as I do about it. They are as motivated as I am when they see the excitement. Yeah. Also, you know, for my team, I mean, we, we do some fun things. We incentivize them, you know, with little gift cards and different things like that just as a thank you, you know, for their hard work. I mean, constantly recognizing them for their participation. Bringing on a big client is a lot of work for all of us, but I definitely, uh, they definitely know how much I appreciate them. We'll, I'll buy lunches for them pretty frequently. We'll do, I'll buy breakfast for them every now and then just send them little goodies Uh, But from the motivation standpoint, the business actually motivates them. If they see I'm excited and motivated, Mm -hmm. they are as well. So I guess the old saying, it starts at the top down is really true (laughs) because (laughs) because when I'm there, yeah, when I'm there and happy, they're extremely happy. Um, You know, I've been working at home since uh, March. And uh, it actually, they say it's just a different feel without you here. The motivation's not there. So I've been trying to be very, very involved with them in Zoom meetings on a daily basis, just so I actually am there uh-huh. with them. Uh-huh. And that's worked out really well, worked out really well, um, you know, for us all to be together right now in these crazy uncertain oh, times. Yeah. But it, it gives me a way to still be there with them. Well, I... Speaking of that, and um, I have another friend at actually another bank in town, and I was just visiting with, which also happens to be a female. It's quite interesting. 
Um, <laughs> but tell me how COVID, how, how the changes have affected your bank. We have people working remotely. We have people in the bank. We have high-risk people at home. It's mm-hmm. been a little bit challenging, but on the flip side, it's really, t- it's made our bank take our technology to the next level, mm-hmm. which they've done a phenomenal job. They have perfected things such as opening an account online in five minutes <laughs> from home. Right. You know, it's, from they, home. Who yes. knew that could be done? Who knew? Uh, you can transfer money into a new bank account in five minutes. So it's definitely, and I'm sure it's with all banks, but with Guarantee Bank for sure, uh-huh. it's really made us step up our game in technology, which has been great. Um, the ability to have Zoom meetings with your staff. Uh-huh. Now we've got the ability that customers can schedule a Zoom meeting with us, with their loan officers, with their officers. Uh-huh. I've had several of those with customers, which you know, it's okay. It's not great. I'm a face-to-face person, but it's the best we can do right now. So, right. you right. know, I mean, we've, we've made the best of it. Um, our bank has still been incredibly busy. You know, we went through the crazy PPP time when we were doing all the <laughs> PPP loans, yes, which is quite chaotic, <laughs> but it was also incredibly rewarding too. We had uh-huh. so many businesses that were just so grateful and without the PPP funds their businesses would have closed down right we right I mean that was incredibly rewarding and worth every second of the hard work that we did just to know that we we actually had the ability to help them keep their business open mm-hmm. so that it was you know it was great it was like I say it was chaotic but it was very rewarding at the end and I have been working at home actually it's probably Gosh, the second week in March, when all this really started happening, the bank came to me and said, you got to go work from home. I'm like, what do you mean I got to go work from home? <laughs> I, what, what are you talking about? And they're like, well, all the high risk people need have to go home. They have to go home and work. You can work remotely. It's like, I'm not high risk. Why am I high risk? Yeah. They said, due to your son, mm-hmm. your son is high risk and we cannot remotely let you you know, possibly get infected from someone and take that home to Mm -hmm. your son. Mm -hmm. There's no way we could live with that, which is fantastic. This bank has been amazing with my situation, my son, who's 32 years old, and he suffered an anoxic brain injury four years ago. Uh, He actually had an incident where he had choked on pizza and laid down and it clogged his windpipe and he went into cardiac arrest crazy as that can be so he he was actually down when the paramedics got to him he was down for over 30 minutes well we know after two minutes Mm -hmm. your brain loses oxygen brain cells start dying he was down for 30 minutes so he's actually literally a miracle living today but uh he's incredibly high risk due to limited lung capacity that he has Mm -hmm. he's total care uh so we have to do everything for him but he's progressing every single day and the amazing thing of it since we've been home and isolating with him we've been doing virtual therapy sessions we've also stumbled on to some new um, devices and equipment that we're trying right now which has been fantastic and he actually probably has progressed more in the past three months than he has in the past two years. Wow. Crazy, amazing, amazing. 
So if that's the good that's come out of COVID for us, I'll take it. Wow, that's great. I assume you have caretakers and you know my background is healthcare in particular, um, home health and Mm -hmm. hospice. And so how has that changed as far as just, I know you said you had virtual therapy visits, but um, other caretakers continued to come in. I mean, what does that look like? Well, at the beginning, no, we didn't allow anyone to come in. Um, My husband was actually off work due to that time. He had a back surgery in December. He was, I know, right? Yeah. (laughs) My son is uh, quite a large young man. He's six foot one and weighs 250 pounds. So it's very strenuous on our bodies. Wow. But uh, he was off until June, about the second week of June, he went back to work. So at that time we were like, oh gosh, what are we going to do? So even, even before that, we, we have very limited uh, caregivers that come into the house. My sister actually comes uh, she was coming a couple of days a week and she can't lift him or anything like that, but she can feed him, do his medication, mm-hmm. uh, anything else physical. I still do that since I'm working at home. So I still am able to do all of that, mm-hmm. the physical work. Uh, and then Cody's dad comes and helps on Friday. So he wears his mask. Everybody wears their mask and everything to come into our house. So we don't really have a lot of you know, caregivers per se. We just Uh have family members that have always tried to help us. Okay. Just a crazy story of aspiration. We don't think those. I've had in the last month or not, I guess several months, so many people who have had all kinds of different illnesses, none of them directly Mm -hmm. with covid Um, but all of them have had some serious injury. But the thing is, everything's changed Mm. with the medical community. You can't have visitors in the hospital. Home health has also learned how do they do Zoom meetings and visits. And it's been a really interesting time to try to just function in a new way, Mm -hmm. in an old world, if you will. So We'll end up here with balance. You had little kids and you've basically been working in one position or another. What advice can you give to young women trying to handle all of those things? Uh, Really um, young men and women, but particularly today, we're talking about young women. Right, right. Most definitely, I would say, um, I, I don't know if you say you learn this the hard way, but family always has to come first. That's just, they have to come first. You know, career is so important, uh, especially to females who feel like they have to work even harder because they have more to prove. So sometimes we lose sight of our family needs to come first, that our career becomes more important. You know, that's a tough, that is a tough juggle. That's a tough way to balance it. Um, I would just say, you know, make sure your family comes first, give your all to your career, obviously, especially females, because you do have more to prove. Just don't ever lose sight of your family has to come first. Do your job as well as you can, but make sure your priority is your family. Mm -hmm. Um, When you're young, that's so hard to do. Sometimes we're so eager for our career to take off. There's always the time and place for that. When my career took off, my boys were bigger. Uh, So it made that a little bit easier for me. 
but I still made sure I attended every baseball game, mm -hmm. every school function, anything that they had, they needed me for, I was definitely there. So yeah. find, you know, find a company that respects that decision of your family coming first. There's a lot of them out there. I know some of them aren't that way, but there's a lot of companies that will appreciate that, that you do take your family, you know, first, and that's important. So I would say, you know, that it's a tough juggle, but just make sure that's always your number one priority. Right. And were there little ways that you did that? I mean, I know you said you attended their functions, but it's, mm -hmm. it's in the daily habits that I, I think, mm -hmm. um, me personally, I, you know, when they say balance it, it, irritates me just a little bit because I, I think that, yes, your family should definitely always be your number one priority. But we also know on a day-to-day -day basis that sometimes your home life wins and sometimes your work wins. Yes. You told the story of that, of, you know, the FDIC coming in and basically saying, yes. I don't know where you thought you were going, but guess what? You're not going there anymore. But you're not. Um, and, you yes. know, that that could be a, a really important time. So I, I always try to tell people I feel like life is a life of averages and you've got to get your yes. averages right uh, in approaching mm -hmm. things. So is there anything right. that you would like to end with? This is your opportunity, Debbie, to impart <laughs> advice or any anything you've learned along the way. I would say basically, you know, if we're focusing, you know, obviously on females and young professional females, um, you know, just always keep it professional, you know, do a good job do it, you know, work as hard as you can. Unfortunately, again, women typically have to work a little bit harder right. than men to, you know, to prove that your worth is, is as well as men, uh, you know, work hard, you know, do it ethically and make sure and always stay professional. That, that to me is number one. I've seen that happen so many times. I've seen women that, you know, aren't professional in what they do. And those women never end up successful. I've seen so many women fail by trying to do those sort of things. And I've seen a lot of women fail, uh, not only in banking, but in other positions. So right. always keep it professional. Keep the respect of your clients. It is so very important uh, to make sure your clients have respect for you. So that probably is the biggest thing I would say is just always keep it professional. Okay. Well, I, I yeah. appreciate so much your time today. I know it's valuable and I just enjoy what you've done there at the bank and just sitting back Thank and watching you. you. And, you know, it's been a delightful experience for me just to get to know you a little better. Mm -hmm. And I've loved yes. just visiting with you today and learning some things I sure didn't know. Wonderful. Thank you, Marcel.